It's July 23rd, 2019, in rural Corntown, Ontario. It's an idyllic summer day. A warm breeze rustles the tassels. The swallows chirp their chirpy song. It's a perfect day. Perfect, except for the dead body lying in a field of burned corn stalks. Hi, I'm Stephen Holmes. And I'm Matthew Miner. And this is Corntown, an investigative journalism podcast brought to you by the SM Experience. Corntown. It feels familiar. You've probably driven through it, or a town similar to it, on your way to a nicer town on the Great Lakes. The air smells fresh and crisp, and, of course, like cow shit. Century-old brick buildings line the charming main street. Children sell coronade from shabby roadside stands. The mayor is a golden retriever named Patrick Stanley Troutsnout. His approval rating is through the woof. The people are friendly. They make you feel welcome, like you've lived here your whole life. Old-timers regale you with tales of bygone times. Guileful youths loiter outside the LCBO, hoping to score a six-pack of Molson's, or at the very least, a pickle-tickle and some Hanoi hush-hush. But a dark cloud would soon sweep over the simple, bucolic town and its convivial residence. A cloud called murder. The residents of Corntown were shaken by the murder of Jaron Deeb. Before this, the worst thing to ever happen in town was when Mayor Trout Snout ate a wreath at a Remembrance Day ceremony and worked chunks onto one of the veterans. But murder, some say, is worse than dog vomit. A stain on the town's lily-white facade that can't just be licked back up. The townspeople were stunned. The only thing more surprising was who was found guilty. We came here to understand, to shed some light and look at this case from a new perspective. We might even save a life. Let's start with the facts. The dead body that was found in the cornfield. Who were they? What happened to them? Why? How? When? Where? How many? To find these answers, we have to do some digging. But not literal digging. We're not peasants. To answer these questions, we turn to Paula St. Paul, the reporter from the Corntown Husker Times, who was there from the very beginning, covering the story. Paula, welcome. Thank you for having me. I think I can answer some of those questions. Well, uh, you said you definitely knew the answers. Yeah, yes, I, I was. That's why we brought you on here. Do you not remember our phone call? I, I do. I, I was. Uh, maybe we should start over. Paula, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Paula, you covered this case for the Husker. What can you tell us about it? Who did that crispy corpse belong to? The body found in the cornfield was Jaron Deeb, the owner of the local corn mart. He was a pillar of the community. Well-liked, respected, 
It was a huge shock to Corntown. Not just that someone was murdered in their sleepy town, but that a wealthy, straight white man could meet his end so violently. It shook the town to the core. Well now, I just couldn't believe it. Corntown's normally such a peaceful place. We drove out the undesirables decades ago. Honestly, murder don't surprise me. My bet is it's one of the most dangerous game situations. Anytime I ride out of stray dogs, I'm tempted to do the same myself. Shoot, if if Jaren Deeb can get murdered, is any of us safe? Hey, do any of you boys want to buy a lawnmower? That's a goat. It'll do just fine. Paula, you've been deeply involved in this case. Looked at it from every angle. Do you think it's possible that the corn somehow came to life and took revenge on Mr. Deeb? No. That's incredibly stupid. Mm -hmm. I see. I understand that the police had a chief suspect very early in the case. Yes. The morning after Jaron Deeb's body was discovered, the police arrested 18-year-old Kyle Van Truck on charges of first-degree murder. Whoa, that's fast. I've never heard of cops moving so quickly. Yeah, except maybe they grabbed the last bear claw. Ooh. Yeah, or how about when they grabbed the last eclair? Ooh. Or uh, maybe when they're going for that last Boston Kareem. Ooh. Or when they're dismissing rape allegations. Ooh. Or maybe when they're... Uh... Yes. Many people in town believe the arrest was premature. There was little investigation done from what I gather. They claim they established a clear motive and found the murder weapon. The local sheriff, Rick Wickingham, maintains that the case is cut and dry. But you're not so sure. Things don't add up. Like the motive that Sheriff Wickingham is so convinced of. Hmm, a motive interesting. And what exactly is a motive? Well, Sheriff Wickingham claims that Kyle... No, sorry, I mean, what is a motive? Like, somebody's motivation for perpetrating a crime. The reason they would be compelled to do something. Could you give us an example of one of these so-called motives? Uh, sure. Say I'm a drug dealer and you steal a kilo of cocaine from me and later you turn up dead. You might say I had a strong motive to kill you. I would never steal your coke. How dare you? I know, it it was just a hypothetical. Interesting. Hmm, A hypothetical. Tell me more. Let's just get back to the case. And what exactly is a case? It's... forget it. I'll just tell you why I'm skeptical. To start with, Kyle simply had no reason to kill Jarendeep. By all accounts, the two got along well. Jarendeep was actually Kyle's boss. When nobody else would take him, he hired him on at Corn Mart. Kyle was awarded Employee of the Month two months in a row. And I understand that Kyle is the first to achieve that prestigious honor. It's a really big deal. Also, when Kyle's family fell on hard times after being hexed by a witch, it was Jaron Deeb who helped support the family until the curse was lifted. You might say that the two got along well. Kyle even received a scholarship from Cornmart to attend a fancy college next year. Well, that hardly sounds like someone you'd want to bump off. Not at all. This episode of Corntown is brought to you in part by the Corntown Corn Harvest Cornival. Woo! 
Woo-wee! The corn is coming off the field, so you know what that means. It's time for the 178th Annual Corntown Corn Harvest Carnival. Join us at Jubilee Park for the festivities, including the always exciting Corn on the Cob Eating Contest, the Corn Mart Cornhole Championship, the crowning of the Corn Harvest Queen, and the burning of an effigy to ensure a bountiful harvest next year, and music from all of our great corn-themed tribute bands. This year's lineup includes Cobb Dylan, Sinead O'Colonel, Maisie Gray, Chris Cornell, Jimmy Eat Corn, Corn Against the Machine, and crowd favorite LL Corn J will play his hit song, Mama Said Shuck That Corn. Admission is free for children under 12 or with the purchase of two dozen spicy hot corn dogs. The Corn Town Corn Harvest Carnival. Don't forget to bring your own butter. Over the next few episodes, we're going to dig into exactly what happened on that fateful day, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. We introduced our victim, a man who by all accounts you would happily invite to your 80s themed dinner party and forgive for wearing bell bottoms, which everyone knows were passe by 78. But every coin has two sides. Now let's take a look at the other side of that coin. Kyle Van Truck. Is he a murderer? The police say yes. Many others say no. Though, some others also say yes. A recent graduate of Corntown Secondary, those who know him described him as a hard worker, friend, brother, BFF, slut, corn on the cob eating champion. But can he also be described as a killer? That's what we intend to find out. We started by paying a visit to Sheriff Quickingham, the local sheriff. Sheriff, can you please walk us through the details of July 23rd, 2019? Well, shoot. You mean when we found that duty on the mayor's desk? I was thinking about the murder of Jaron Deeb. Oh, right, right. The murder. Yes, it happened like this. See, I was down at Tasty New Bakery getting my usual Bismarck when I got a call on the CB about a cornfield that had caught fire. That must have been unusual. Nah, these things happen. Didn't think much of it. You know how corn gets. I do. I was ready to chomp down on that tasty pastry when I got another dispatch about a charred body in the middle of that burn-up field. I didn't think of much of it. These things happen. You know how bodies get. I do. But then I heard that that field belonged to Jaron Deeb. I got to thinking and figured that that body might also belong to Jaron Deeb. Now Jaron's a big fish around these parts, like a tuna or uh, one of them, uh, what's that fish that smalled Pinocchio? Oh, uh, well? If you say so. Did you visit the scene of the crime? I finished my Bismarck first, and then I picked up the dry cleaning for Lorraine. Got Frank's spread hot all over my uniform. But after that, I swung by the field. It didn't take us long to find the murder weapon. Which was... Fire. No. Darn tootin'. You know what causes fire? Hephaestus? Gasoline. That's what I said. That's when I put two and two together. Kyle Van Truck was the last person to be seen with Jaron Deeb. Now Kyle, he alleges that he drove Deeb to the airport. But what he did instead was, he went to buy gasolinium, tied up Deeb in the middle of the field, and lit them husks ablaze. With the gasoline. Exactly. Chuck from Esso confirmed that he saw Kyle at the station before the burninating. 
Once I had that evidence, I paid a visit to Kyle Van Truck's family farm, hauled him into the station, did some waterboarding, case closed. Sorry, I'm just wondering, what is a case? Do I look like a lawyer? Frankly, I don't see what all the fuss is about. Cut and dry. A crime was committed, and now the purpose committed. To prison. With the Freedom of Information Act request to the Sheriff's Office, we were able to access the recording of Kyle Van Truck's interrogation. Kyle, is it? Is it alright if I call you Kyle? I don't get free toots what you call yourself. We'll call you what we want to call you. Got it, shrimp dick? I'm sorry, things can get a little heated in here. Kyle, it is. Do you, do you want some coffee? We only got Maxwell House. It tastes like Bill Paxton. What do you think of that, you yacht-sized pig anus? Hey, hey, it's okay. We'll get you some coffee. Hey, just relax. We just want to ask you a few questions. Like, why'd you kill Jaren D? Why'd you do it, huh? We know it was used. Confess, you twisted baboon blanket! Nobody's pointing fingers here. We're all just trying to make sense of the events of yesterday. Help us out, and you're free to go. Free to go straight to the slammer, you rancid wiener maggot! Hey, 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 easy, easy. We understand that you're scared and confused. We just want to know where you were yesterday so that we can cross you off the list. That's all. Listen to me, you pancake-loving bag of squirrel tits. If you don't sign this confession, I'm gonna slit your juggler with this rusty salad fork and feed your steaming intestines to my horse, Earl! I have to admit, Paula, the chef's account is convincing, and the interrogation is damning. Kyle was the last person to be seen with Jaren. That sounds cut and dry to me. But you're forgetting something. The alibi. And what is an alibi? Next week on Corntown. Here's the thing. Kyle wasn't alone at the time when Jaren Deeb was murdered. In a spiritual sense, none of us are truly alone, Paula. Is it accurate to say that you're his girlfriend? I'm like his lover, but I am a girl. It wasn't Squirkle, okay? I know who did it. Hold on. You know who did it? Duh. This has been an SM Experience production. Executive produced by Stephen T. Holmes, Matthew Minor, and I'm a Plastic. Episode mixed by Richard Mixon. Theme music, Heaven and Hell, by Jeremy Blake. If you have any information about the murder of Jaron Deeb, email us at thesmexp at gmail.com. <laughs>